All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am here on this weekend's with Swipe episode with my guy Swipe Excited for a interesting Christmas Day slate coming up here. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, but we got a lot of nugget stuff to talk about. Swipe how you doing, my guy? I'm living. Uh, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Happy holidays to everybody else. Happy New Year's right around the corner. Great time of the year. Uh, we got some Denver Nuggets basketball on Christmas, and uh, the Nuggets are on a four-game winning streak, so I'm excited. How do you feel about Denver playing on Christmas? Because i got to tell you, as, as somebody who goes to the games and also tries to celebrate Christmas with the family, it is a little bit difficult, and especially – like Denver's got a, they've got a twelve thirty game that we that we talked about, and we're we're just we were talking about man, when do when do we get there? When do we uh, when right. do we prepare and things like that? So it it, it kind of interrupts the uh, the daily schedule with the family a little bit, but that that's a little selfish, I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously an honor, and uh, I think some of the players are excited. Uh, it's a big day; it's a nationally televised day. It's at twelve thirty, so like that's like, you know. You're in wrapping presents on the East Coast at 2.30. And, uh, you know, you're with your family. Like, so everybody's going to be watching. So it's going to be a really great game. Jokic, Steph Curry, uh, really Jamal Murray versus Steph Curry. Uh, and then Jokic versus everybody else on the front line. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It should be a really good game. It should be a good game. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. We'll talk about that more in the, the second segment to maybe the third segment. But I do want to kick off this show uh, – Denver just had a perfect road trip. And I know that, and I, I said this online, I can be a little bit critical of the team because I, I hold them to a high expectation. That's the way that I kind of frame it is like, hey, this is a championship caliber team. This is a championship caliber operation that they're trying to run here, prepping for uh, the rest of the season. So there are these moments throughout the year where I'm like, hey, uh, okay, guys, you gotta you got to turn it around. You got to get this done. And... I think this the end of this road trip, despite it being on the second night of a back-to-back, when Denver's facing Lamella Ball out, Terry Rozier out, Brandon Miller goes down during the middle of the game. Uh, I certainly was was thinking, man, Denver's got to get this one. They got to kick it into gear. And they ultimately got it done, although it wasn't the prettiest operation that they've ever had. But Denver is a perfect road trip, and they deserve credit for that. They deserve a ton of credit for that, as you mentioned. They've won seven of their last or six of their last seven now, uh, or is it seven of their last eight? I, I I've mixed those two up because I'm still trying to figure out what happened with that SGA buzzer beater. But uh, Denver's been great. They've been great for the most part. What's been the most uh, impressive aspect of this this recent stretch? Uh, probably just the you know I think the consistency. Uh, they had played a third game in the last four nights versus Charlotte, and the first quarter it made it look like. Yeah, this is just – they're just dog tired. And in the first half, man, they just really uh, – they gave up 60 points. I think Charlotte had like a 124 offensive rating or something like that in the first half or something. It was just really like a really ugly game. Uh, and then literally, bro, uh, like a championship team, like a team that knows itself, 30-9 to 9 in the third quarter ride. A 30-9 to 9 third quarter. Charlotte went 0 of 20 in his first 20 shots inside that third quarter. And the Denver Nuggets started, I think Jokic, I think you tweeted, Jokic was a minus four, Murray was a minus eight. Was that at the halftime? Was that what yeah, it was? Yeah, something like that. It, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't It wasn't good. Like, they were underperforming right. against this team. 
And then they ended like a plus 15 or something like that <laughs> by the time the quarter ended. So yeah. it was really just really a testament to how they're built, man, that they responded so well. Michael Porter Jr., uh, past few games, has looked freaking great. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, just his shot making has been there, hasn't gotten the ball consistently. But, man, uh, the Denver Nuggets net rating for the starters, Ryan, it's just continuing to get better, better, and better, bro. So I was actually really encouraged by this road trip and by the fact that they're healthy now and they just seem to be coming together and playing better than ever. Definitely, definitely a weird one for sure. Um, And like uh, Alexander mentioned in that previous comment, they had all the markings of a trap game just based off of, hey, this is kind of the time you won your first two road games. It's definitely time to relax. And they did. But they also showed what it looks like when they really lock in and what their what their top Mm -hmm. levels look like when they lock in on the defensive end. And I don't even think that Denver's offense was anything particularly special in this game. They only scored 102. And uh, they they were getting blocked uh, <laughs> like crazy throughout this game right. when when trying to go at Nick Richards, of all people. But it, it was still interesting to see. And, and I'm glad that Denver kind of went through that. These are kind of the moments that you you don't necessarily remember throughout the year, but they could be shaping up for uh, what Denver needs to do in those situations, because how many times has Denver had to, oh man, we got to hold this team to 10 points in the quarter. We got to hold this team to 15 mm-hmm. points in the quarter. It's very rare, uh, but to show the capacity to do that is very important. Even if some of that was kind of, uh, it was it was certainly a mark of the Charlotte Hornets uh, supporting cast, if you will. Right. Yeah, man, look, bro, it's, I think the team, you have to get through these points. And, you know, a lot of people that, like, they criticize the Nuggets or criticize Joker, they just don't watch them enough to know kind of the 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 the, 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 the rhythms to the season. Yo, yeah. like, they're playing the Charlotte. They're just not going to give you 100% effort to try to blow you out. That's just not the way that they were designed. Like, they're not even built that from an infrastructural standpoint, from a culture. And right. so they're going to struggle sometimes at periods in those games. But they're going to have these quarters, like the third quarter, the same thing they did in the playoffs where they're just going to go on these like marches and they're just absolutely going to try to shut the door on you. Uh, but shout out to Nick Smith yesterday, bro. 17, yeah. five <laughs> and six and three in the fourth quarter. That dude was unbelievable. And, and he was giving it out to everybody who was defending him, mostly Jamal Murray. Uh, it's yeah. one of the reasons why Jamal Murray had 10 defensive rebounds and 12 overall was because he was, he was sagging off of the point guards for the most part. And until Nick Smith decided he wanted to, uh, have the best quarter of his life at the NBA level. It was very, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but Denver got it. They got it done. They figured it out, and, and they figured out a whole bunch of different things ac- along the way. Uh, the Murray performance in Brooklyn was something I wanted to mention. I, I actually, so I haven't podcasted on here uh, since before the Brooklyn game, and I just wanted to make mention of that. That's the level that the Nuggets need to not necessarily expect all the time, but they need right. to see him get to that level more consistently throughout the regular season if they want to make things easy on themselves because he is so good and so talented and so dynamic that mm-hmm. having the capacity to be able to do that is really, really important in freeing Jokic up to do the things that he wants to do, making things easier for everybody else. And so I, I wanted to make special mention of that like they had some good performances in Toronto, nothing too crazy. Jokic was very good in that one. Jokic was very good in Brooklyn as well. So 
Like, but I think the most important performance across this road trip was that Jamal one because it it looked yeah. like he was back to that level again. Yeah, and again, the starters, uh, as we were talking about uh, early in the season, they were doing really well, and then they went on that like really big slump. Uh, but then, you know, the last several games or so, the starters have been excellent. And they've been giving their net rating back up. The defense has been better. And they were able to lock in. And so I think one of the things, too, that the Nuggets are getting back on board is that even if their offensive control wasn't there a lot yesterday, the fact that they were lock in defensively and they were able to kind of shut the water off on the Hornets in the second half because, Ryan, the Hornets only scored 35 points in the second half. Now, they're not a good offensive team. But they're still an NBA team. And so for the right. Nuggets to be able to do that, I think was really important for them. Uh, and then right now, by the way, so the Denver Nuggets starting five, 14 games together, 126 offensive rating, a 110.3 defensive rating, a plus 15.8 net rating so far in the year in 287 minutes. But you know, two weeks ago, their net rating was like a plus five, a plus six. And they've been yeah. playing against some good teams. So they have just consistently gotten better. And now they're kind of back at their old playoff dominant level peak. Here's another number I want to throw your way. PBP Stats does a, a good breakdown for their different combinations of players. Um, when Jokic and Murray are on the floor in the 419 minutes that they've played together, according to here, plus 16.5, 128 offensive rating, 111 defensive rating. Yeah. Uh, just a very, very impressive number. And so when those guys play apart, like Jokic is still very good. Murray's sample size without Jokic has not been good enough, but they like Denver sucked in those minutes for whatever reason. Right. Um, and when both of them are off the floor, they're a pretty decided negative. It's a minus seven. But I still think in general, Denver's like the most important minutes are going to come when Jokic and Murray are both out there. And Denver is just a dynamic team still when when those those guys are on the floor and i think it's been forgotten a little bit because murray missed half the year yeah and they're they're the best duo in the nba and like i think a lot of this is you know people get lost in some regular season stuff and i think maybe that the championship has changed anything i think what has changed is everybody can do what they want and have these peaks during the season have these peaks during december or january or february but i think the Nuggets have proven that when it comes to the highest level execution, Ryan, there's just nobody that's better. Oh, by the way, um, this was prior to last night's game, but they, the Denver Nuggets had, uh, prior to last night in 14 games, they had 400 and I think 32 assists, I want to say. Right. I think they had, the number is 432 assists and 138 turnovers, a three to one turnover yeah. to assist ratio and and on top of that some of that was without jamal murray being in the lineup but they're also before yesterday's game they were fourth and half court offense and eighth and half court defense the nuggets don't turn the ball over they did yesterday at 12 in the first half that's the most they've had in the first half this year versus charlotte of all people didn't they have like they two had, in the second half then because i think they finished exactly. with 14 they right they 14. just locked like that is that is the, what i'm talking about it's like they right. locked in and and you know when the team is locked in versus when they are not. They weren't locked in in the first half, but they found a way to win, and they found a way to do it by just just playing a more focused brand of basketball. And I think it, it is funny. Like you you look over at the sidelines, and Michael Malone is just like he's got his hands like above his hands, like oh my god, I can't believe right. 
that they're doing this again, but he, he knows that they have the capacity to turn it all the way around. So it is very funny to, to just understand the flows of this team and understand what they're going to do and how they're going to look. Uh, They're not always going to look perfect, but they do have this level that they can reach that just very few teams in the NBA can. So really impressive stuff. And like they, they do deserve a lot of credit for that. So I want to, I want to make sure that they get it. Uh, One last thing here before we hit a break, Christian Brown. uh, I wanted to just mention him really briefly at the top here of this segment. Um, I'm a little bit concerned in some ways about his game. There were like, like he had some nice pull up threes in this last game. And like he had one just coming off of a DHO and looked really good, really comfortable. But the crashing into guys driving into the lane, I'm a little bit worried about it. I think that he's going to get hurt. I just I think that that is a a very strong possibility over the course of this next uh, this next couple months here. If he doesn't come up with a way to save his body a little bit, especially like he's a second year player. I understand that he is going to be a little bit more reckless than one of the veterans because he Mm -hmm. feels like he's invincible. I have no doubt. He's probably barely gotten hurt in his career before, but it's going to happen at some point. And I'm just, I'm a little bit worried because he's, he's putting himself into a position with some of these crashes into the paint where I'm, I'm just worried that he's going to hurt himself. Yeah, I mean, he just hasn't had the 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 best year so far, I think. But he's shooting better. I mean, he's shooting 38% from three. Obviously, that's what people yeah. are asking for. But I think some of it is just the development in some ways you just haven't seen. Defensively, he's still been good. But I saw – I don't know if you saw on the on the, on the, the feed yesterday, uh, he was getting bodied by P.J. Washington in the first half. And Michael oh, yeah. Malone, when they called a timeout, he was, I think he told uh, one of the assistant coaches that CB can't guard him, you know, and so – but again, PJ is also extremely tall. He's a big player, so like that's you know that's not like a huge deal. Um, but yeah, he just is having uh, some struggles figuring out some of those nuances. And I'm not gonna hold you, bro. Peyton Watson has been out playing him for uh, a little bit of time now, but I think that speaks more to Peyton Watson developing as opposed to CB not playing well. I think CB is still good and he's still a valuable player of this team, obviously, and can continue to get better. Uh, but like some of that stuff his finishing and everything else, that stuff just needs to be fixed up a little bit. But I think he will get through over time. Yeah, so some of the numbers here, he is averaging 75% field goal percentage from zero to three feet. That's been good. Mm -hmm. The problem is if he can't get all the way to the rim and a player steps in front of him, he's now shooting 31.9% on those shots, like from right. three to 10 feet, basically. And that makes up 34% of his shot diet. That's a third of the time. A third of right. the time, basically, he's getting all the way to the rim. And a third of the time, he's not getting all the way to the rim. And then he's mixing in some threes and maybe a, a one or two mid-range jumpers here or there. But for the vast majority of it, like I'm, I think he needs to come up with a floater. I think he needs to come up with a... Um, I, he needs to come up with like a, a stop and pop jumper basically like that would really help him out and it may not happen this year i i'm willing to concede that but i'm just a little bit concerned that teams are they're now starting to understand the game plan on him a little bit on the offensive end and that could come with some uh some negative ramifications for his minutes in the playoffs yeah i'm I'm, I'm be honest with you i'm not super worried but again you you kind of 
you kind of know how I am, though. It's not that I'm not worried. It's just that I think some of this will get ironed out because the season is long. It's, and I think sure. he will get it because he's an incredibly intelligent player. It's just there are just things to his game that are just not very smooth. And that that thing you're talking about right there is the most unsmooth part of his game. And I think similar to Peyton Watson, he'll get caught in, in the lane, dribbling too much a little bit, trying to create, lose the ball, whatever else it is. So, again, you know, they're young. Like Christian Brown and Peyton are so young that they're going right. to continue to have little issues like that. But I do think that over the course of the season, they'll iron some of those things out in the game. Obviously, hoping Christian stays healthy and everything. Yeah, again, this isn't really me saying like, oh, I'm really concerned about Christian's long-term development here. I just think that right. these are things that he's got to learn, especially if he's going to be the Bruce Brown replacement in a lot of ways. I know that Reggie Jackson's taken up some of that mantle, obviously. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think either one of them are the Bruce Brown replacement. I think Malone has been making it clear with the Houston game, the OKC game, and the Nets game, the Bruce Brown replacement is Peyton Watson. Mm, it's fun to see. It's interesting to see. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about Denver's Christmas wish list for taking some things into the new year. Uh, I asked Swipe, like, what what's some of the things that, that he has on his Christmas wish list for the Nuggets and, uh, and maybe for this Nuggets-Warriors game specifically? We'll be right back. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Did you know that you can refer a friend and earn $50 this season with Superbook Sports. They're the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you do not want to miss their Refer a Friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the Refer a Friend link under your profile in the Superbook app, share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your your Superbook code. So win money wagering and win money referring with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swiper. And we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Make sure everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below. Would greatly appreciate it as we continue to uh, to expand the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Uh, Anil Apiro has been killing it on his end. He's been doing a great job putting together a bunch of shorts, putting together a bunch of interesting content for you folks. So it is not just live content that you get from this YouTube channel. You'll get some other podcasts too, and then some of them recorded, and you'll also get some interesting shorts. So make sure to go check them out. All right, Swipo, let's chat about Denver's Christmas Day game and their Christmas wish list for the upcoming season. Uh, Nikola Jokic, I would love to see dominate. Kevon Looney and Trey Stack, Jackson Davis, that's probably the first thing on top of my Christmas wish list. But I'm curious to hear what you've got. Uh, What would you, let's say for this Christmas Day game where the Denver Nuggets play the Golden State Warriors at 12.30 p.m. on Christmas Day, what is the one thing that you want to see most in that game? Yeah, take care of business. Uh, I think win, stay healthy. And I think a lot of this is Jamal Murray. This is more of a Jamal Murray uh, opportunity, I think. He's going to be mm-hmm. playing versus Steph Curry on Christmas on ABC. And he just came off a 32-9 and game versus the Nets and another 20-piece versus the Hornets. 
this is the Jamal Murray game. He's playing really well right now. He likes playing versus Steph Curry. He bodied Steph last year uh, when they played in Denver. This is a great opportunity for, like, let everybody know, like, cool, y'all don't think I'm an all-star. Y'all think I'm a weak second option all of a sudden, all this other stuff. Go ahead. See if you can drop 40 on them again. 35. Why not? Just go ahead and do it. And I, I think Jokic is Jokic is going to do what Jokic do. He, they don't have the personnel with Draymond to contain him. And so if right. they're going to sit – I mean, this this probably can end up being a 25 based on this shot profile, Joker. Like, he might shoot 14 times tomorrow. But this could be a 25 – 12 or 13 and 11 game for Joker tomorrow on really good efficiency. Porter, I would love to see Jamal. I'll say number one on the wish list. I want to see Jamal Murray dominate this game. See if he can get 30, 35 points. It'd be dope. It would be extremely dope if he was able to do that. Um, just going back to the uh, game that Denver had against Golden State previously, Murray didn't play in that one. Reggie Jackson started yeah. that one, but Joker had 35, 13 and five. Uh, it was funny. Uh, uh, Bill Simmons was commenting on that game. Like, yeah, it, it's been clear for a while that Golden State just does not have any answer for Jokic when he wants to really go to that level. Uh, mm -hmm. But Denver in that game did a fantastic job against Steph. He did shoot six of 13 from three, but he shot six of 17 overall and was just he was very limited. He, he was minus 10. Denver did a good job of limiting the amount of opportunities that he had. Uh, mm -hmm. But Jokic, 14 of 25 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. So that means he was 13 of 21, or no, uh, 13 of 17, excuse me, right. from the from two-point range. Just dominant inside when he wanted to be. And like I, I just don't think that they can hold him, like you said. But I think you might be right about Jamal, man. Like this, if, if we're, we're kind of losing some steam on the Jamal Murray all-star conversation for this year, given that he, he missed as much time as he did initially. And if there was a time for him to put his name back into the ether for like, Hey, I am an all-star. I am capable. Like you should vote for me. Uh, it would probably be this one. Yeah. Uh, Jamal last four games, uh, 23.5, 6.5, 5.5 shooting really well from the field. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this. Do you know? What, uh, let, let me let me let me make sure because it might have, it might have changed a little bit yesterday. Uh, do you know what Jamal Murray shooting from three this year? Um. Well, I think if I, if I had to guess, it's probably around forty three percent. He's shooting forty four percent from three and eighty nine point six percent at the line. That's stupid. <laughs> that's really yeah. Bad. And so he's shooting forty six percent from the field, but that's going to continue to go up. So. Yeah, Jamal's just not gonna have the volume, you know. And I don't think I don't think he's gonna make an all-star team this year just because unless he just basically until if he goes what he did last year, if he goes 23 points and six assists all the way through voting period, maybe, and the Nuggets take over the first seed, then maybe. But yeah, I mean he's missed 14 games already, so that might have died out a little bit. Oh, it's and like look, that's that is the circumstances. That's what happens. I'm not gonna not gonna cry here about this. I, I I think that he should be credited for being an awesome player, that he should be credited at some point for doing what he's been able to do as the uh the one of the central pieces around what Nikola Jokic does. Um he basically has a 4.2 box plus minus right now, which doesn't necessarily qualify, but it's right in between. Jalen Brunson, Trey Young, CJ McCollum, and Jason Tatum uh, for right. like box plus minus in the NBA if he were to qualify for the minutes. So he has been good and he has been 
at least borderline all-star caliber at this stage of the season. Um, I don't think he's going to get it unless he starts showing out here and going on a major run. And then if he does, then and if Denver's in the in a top two seed, then teams are going to be like coaches are going to be like, hey, they have to have two all stars and we know who to give it to. Like we know based off of the playoffs, like what was happening for Denver. So would be interesting. To think about. Two, I don't know where they're going to get two all stars. So, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I even in the West, I mean, the Aaron Fox is averaging 30 right now. Uh, John ja might make it again because John, ja, well, he missed 25. Well, he can still make the all star game. Um, uh, if, if he, but, dude. If if Ja makes the All Star game over Jamal Murray, I'll throw a fit. Like that, that's one I'll throw a fit for. He's but he's been pretty freaking good, you know. So cool. that's what I'm saying. And that's he's, awesome. He's Mr. Highlight Machine too. So, but then even outside of that, Steph, Luca, SGA, uh, shoot, who else is there in the? Uh, oh, uh, Anthony Edwards is gonna make it. They're Devin gonna Booker, have multiple. Devin Booker will probably make it over Jamal. Devin Booker, but that's the other yeah. thing about this too. It's like. If the Timberwolves are the one seed, they're going to have maybe three All Stars, at least two. If if they get three, I'll lose my shit. Um, but they're going to get like, two. They might. They might honestly get one. Like if we're if no, we're being honest, Anthony Edwards and Rudy are going to make it. Yeah, I, actually, yeah, Rudy will definitely make it. I don't think the Cat will make it. Um, and that's fine. Like Rudy has been the second most important player on their team. Um, mm-hmm. but like actually, he might, honestly might be their first. Uh, but no, it's it's interesting to think about. I I think that for this game, are there going to be some narratives that kind of come out of it that uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time covering, or are there going to be some bad narratives that we're gonna have a bad time covering? Uh, what do you what do you think? Kind of how the game goes on uh, Christmas? Yeah, yeah, Christmas uh, versus yeah. Stefan. No, and man, because again, if Joker has a thirteen, thirteen, and thirteen game like he does versus Memphis in Denver, you'll be fully okay with that everybody else is like well why is he just well look at look at what Giannis and him beat but that's just not that, that's not how he plays the game he said repeatedly whatever comes to me I will take advantage of it if it's if it's a big game maybe I'll force the issue if it's a playoff game I'll force the issue but again I want to remind everybody he started the playoff last year with 14 points in game one versus the Wolves Ryan now it was yeah. a blowout it was a blowout but this is what I mean. It's just whatever the moment requires is what he does. And so everybody gets lost in that moment. And B is having this crazy start and all this other stuff. So, yeah, well, he's forcing the issue every game because he has to. Fundamentally has to. Whereas Joker has a 9, 8, and 7 game, and it's like a plus whatever. And everybody's like, you know, oh, he's not scoring a lot. Well, yeah, well, he just doesn't need to. So why would I – if the Mavs are double-teaming me and we got a 142 offensive rating, well, great. They're stupid. Yeah. Here. <laughs> No, I I had zero problem with the way that he played the Dallas game. Like that was that was very clearly just a hey, they are going to double team the hell out of me. I am right. going to make the right play for the team, and the team like they helped him out. They they that's what a championship team does. By the way, is that when you have somebody who is capable of being double teamed like that, then you have to have the other four guys that are capable of breaking down the three players on the defense that are still defending them. So that is very reasonable, and I'm I'm. Believe me, that is that is the least of my concerns. Um, right. I think if Denver, if they switch out on Steph, if they make his life as difficult as possible again, then that will help. Like they'll obviously help them out tremendously. The Warriors have been better uh, with Trace Jackson Davis getting some minutes, Jonathan Kaminga finally getting some minutes, and uh, Chris Paul is directing that bench pretty well. Brandon Podzimski, very good. Like he's a good rookie. Um, 
I just I still think that I agree with you that Denver should win this game by double digits, and if they don't, then I'll be surprised. Yeah, we'll see, bro. Do you have a, a score prediction? Um, let's go relatively high scoring. I think that they'll probably struggle to stop Steph a little bit, but uh, let's go with one twenty to one hundred eight. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say 111 to 100, and uh, I'll do one. Uh, 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 how the Warriors been scoring lately? Oh, well, it's, it's I, been like Clay. Clay has been playing I'm better. Gonna one, I'm gonna say 115 to 108, Denver. Okay, yeah. I mean, so I've got I've got Denver getting five extra points. That's basically it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Hey, let's let's go with that. So we're both we're both very high on Denver for this game. Um, let's take another break. When we talk, when we chat again, we will talk about the Christmas Day slate for the rest of the NBA. Some interesting matchups here. That's how we'll wrap up, and then we'll talk about uh, the rest of Denver's week upcoming. But first, let us send this over to Good Morning Broncos. Hey, everyone. This is Cody Rourke, Denver Broncos beat reporter for Mile High Sports. I want to tell you, make sure every single weekday at 9 o'clock a.m., Monday through Friday on Mile High Sports YouTube page, you catch Good Morning Broncos, your daily bite-sized Broncos conversation that you can have with a cup of coffee as we prepare you for all things that are going on with the Denver Broncos in season, out of season, all the storylines, all the drama. Subscribe on the Mile High Sports YouTube page. Somebody, uh, somebody uh, shared a picture of ravioli with me uh, from one ravioli dealer to another. Merry Christmas! That's uh, awesome. It's so funny. Hmm. I this. Oh, by the way, uh, who's the better offensive player, Shea Gilgis Alexander or Giannis Antetokounmpo? Oh, you're following the NBA University poll. Uh, it's definitely Shea. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean that's that that's that's the homie, but Giannis beat Trey Young, and I just said I, this is just. <laughs> it's it's very odd like i i don't understand how people can continue like he is benefiting so massively from dame right now and from the way that officials are calling the regular season right now like when it tightens up in the playoffs it will affect him as it does well, he's averaging 30 10 and 5 on 66 per shooting so i think a lot of bucks fans are like well look how efficient he is and a volume but it's like dude Okay, there's a difference in being a primary creator and one of the best ever in Trey Young, as opposed to Giannis, who's a primary finisher and also a really good playmaker, but he's limited. He can't score outside of a certain area in the basket, even though he's dominant at that. That's why when we talk about basketball sometimes, I'm like, I know people don't like Trey Young. Trey, what is it, seven straight 30 assist games with the Hawks, with Clint Capella? And DeJounte Murray? Come on, bro. We got a we got ball don't stop swipe over here. It's wild. Basic box creation. <laughs> I love it. Um 
All right, let's uh, let's chat about that game then. Let's chat about this Christmas Day slate. There are four other games outside of Nuggets Warriors. Uh, we can give some predictions for for each of those games. I think uh, Milwaukee at New York is the first one of the day. Uh, those teams actually just played each other. I think on a like earlier like yesterday, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of wild how often those two teams have played so far. I think they might be playing each other five times this year because I think they played in the in-season tournament as well. Um, do you think that Giannis dominates that game again? Of course he does. Um, yeah. The Knicks are still good, though. The Knicks can win the game. Uh, but it's, it's in it's in New York as well. So I still think the Bucs win that game. Like, the regular season, I think the Bucs are going to be a nightmare. Um, yeah, and they're coming together really well. So I think the Bucks win the game. Yeah, they've they've been fortunate enough to not have to deal with a ton of injury issues outside of limitations from from Chris Middleton earlier. But right. Middleton has been kind of like superfluous with what they've done. Like it, it really is just hey, here's Dame, here's Giannis, and we're gonna kind of draw fouls and and generate some some easy baskets for everybody else. It was uh, it's interesting to to monitor that team, but they've they've kind of rounded into form here and. I still think that they're a they're a title contender. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think they're one of the top three teams in the East. Um, and I mean that by saying the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Heat. I think the Heat are going to be incredible. Like people are keep doing this thing with them every year. We keep having this discussion about the Miami Heat, and they're going to come it's right back to the them, playoffs, bro. <laughs> it's not with they're them. Gonna... I'm not worried about them. Like that's 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 just a team that you're missing that has a really good record and a really good net rating. What's that got to do with with playoffs? Again, I think, I, I, I think Philly's Ryan, better suited I, for the playoffs this year. Ryan, no, Ryan, this is what I keep asking people. It's the same thing I did last year when the Suns got all the Kevin Durant said, "Where is the defense coming?" We were like, "Well, they're just going to do whatever, whatever." Ryan, he's shooting fifty three percent from mid range on high volume. What center in NBA history has been a high volume mid range shooter that shot fifty plus percent? And then carried it over to a playoff versus playoff set defenses. It's, it's never happened. It's the only person is Joker, and Joker doesn't take a primary shot diet at mid range, but he still shoots fifty percent from mid range in the playoff because it's an additive to what he's doing. So Embiid dropped from fifty one to thirty four last year. He's never shot above thirty eight in the last in basically the MVP level seasons in the playoffs in the mid range. So this year, when he faces after. He gets done with the Nets or whoever in the first round, and he plays versus the Heat, the Bucks, or the Celtics. Going to be tough for him. I I don't disagree. Did he really with shoot you. up thirty eight percent. Look, I here's here's the thing. I think that you hold them to the highest possible standard that they that they have established in the regular season, so that the fall is higher. That's my thing. No, I'm, I'm it's a realist. That way for me, big shooting mid, dominant mid range shooters. I I don't believe in that. I never believe in that. So fair enough. It was- uh, we'll, we'll we'll get a preview of that here. Philly is playing at Miami, uh, second to last game of the night. I'm skipping Boston Lakers. Uh, Why? You think uh, you think Miami takes that? No, I think Philly wins that game. I think Philly wins. They're playing really well right now. Um, I think, you think Celtics- that Jimmy tries to go crazy on Christmas. No, no, no. Jimmy knows anyway. when the important time of the year is. Nice. It would be a nice reminder, I think, to uh, to his his former team that uh, that he's still here, especially on Maybe. He, might. he might. Um, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, no, uh, Bam, defense, Bam been incredible this year. 
Uh, Tyler, when he's been right, it's been great this year. Um, and then you don't, well, you didn't want to do the, uh, you don't have a prediction for the Lakers and uh, Celtics. Oh, I, I, I will. I, I'm going to predict Miami. I just, I okay. figured we were talking about Embiid. Might as well. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I think uh, Lakers, Celtics, and then we got uh, the Suns, Mavs. I'm probably taking the Mavericks, bro. Suns are, they look just, I don't know what's happening with them right now, bro. They're not even in the plan. They're not even in the plan right now. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, here's uh, okay, Boston Lakers. Let's do that one first. Um, Lakers finally got a bounce back after they changed their starting lineup. They've now they're now going LeBron, Torian Prince, yep. uh, Jared Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. yeah, and, and uh, Anthony. Who is the who is the fifth again? Oh, it was Cam Reddish. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is that lineup, man? Like that is. That is a like I, that might be a matchup one for OKC specifically because they're just they're too big for OKC at that well, point. They had to take D'Lo out. They had D'Lo. Oh. I don't know if you've been keeping up with it all. He's not been shooting well. He also said that uh, he knows if he's not making shots, he's not contributing. Uh, and Darwin apparently wants to lead all defense. So, you know, I I mean I don't blame Darwin for taking D'Lo out of the lineup. I think that Reeves should probably go back in there, but um, they just don't have a ton of options now. I just don't think the Lakers are that all that good, you know, but they're you know, they're still a, they're still a contender, but like no, they're they, this, this if you have this many issues to where you're like you you win the offseason and then you know two months into the year it's like you no know, people aren't performing up the expectation. LeBron and AD's net rating is not blowing people out of the water. Yeah, you know, it's just we'll see. I think Boston's gonna win that game. Um, yeah. but I know you know you know that LeBron and AD are going to try to get that one as as best as they can. Like that's right. that's something that's important to to those two specifically. I think just and especially on your home floor, like you're going to want to defend the the creed of of the Lakers versus the Celtics. Right. Like that's that's going to be something. Um, but I do think that Boston's going to take it anyway. They're they're good, man. Like Boston is like like they have all the numbers for being the best team. They aren't actually. Like I still think it's Denver, but like, it is funny the just the way that this is gone. Well, they just they're 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 the same as they were last year. They're just better at it. And you know Shane Young, who I love, I love his content. You know he's covering the Suns now. You know he made like a little bit of a tweet about oh people are saying like Boston shouldn't be taking this many threes. Hmm, well, how's that working out versus the Clippers when they were bombing threes from everywhere? Like, bro, okay, but that's the point. Like. Late game execution, shot chucking, not driving. Jason Tatum pull up shooting is in the garbage. He's shooting thirty three percent from twos from pull ups and twenty eight percent as a pull up shooter from threes, and he's taking some of the most volume in the league. Yeah, it doesn't. And then I'm I'm, I'm just not. I'm telling you, bro. Like I just, they should be so, so, so good. But I just know. I just know. They just. This is going to be who you are in the playoffs and whatever. I think it's fair. And there's there's one thing I want to mention. Like I think NBA Twitter culture and, and whatever it is, like there there is this undercurrent that where everybody has to be positive about everything. And like if you're negative right. about anything, then you are an op. Like you are you're somebody who hates the game or you're somebody who hates fun. And like, no, I don't I don't think that that's true. I think that there it's okay to dislike things. It's okay to be like not a fan of things. Like there was this New York and Sacramento, like it's it's okay to celebrate those teams for not being championship contenders, like, but it's also like okay to 
call them not championship contenders and that they should try to become right. that. But I don't know. It's mm-hmm. weird. Um, last thing here. Let's wrap with this. Dallas at Phoenix. Um, I think the Phoenix wins, but I don't feel good about it because I think that Luca and Devin Booker are going to go back and forth. I, I just don't know how they guard Kevin Durant personally. Like that's like good, good luck with, with that particular assignment. They just don't really have anybody to do that. I mean, is Derek Lively playing? Yeah, but like he's a he's a seven foot center. Like, yeah, but they're he's not I think doing they're that. And, what are they? Ten and they're ten and. I gotta look it up again. I think they're like twelve and four or something. Maybe a little even better than that with Derek Lively in the lineup. So, yeah, yeah they're really good. If Kyrie, Kyrie, Luca, and Derek are playing. I'm taking. I'm taking the maps. Okay. Like, hey, they they've been they've been a little hurt. They've been a little banged up. But maybe they're saving it for Christmas. That wouldn't surprise right. me at all. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm not a fan of what Phoenix has done. That's that's very clear to see. Uh, but we will see. We will see what they do. Uh, any parting thoughts here before we get out of here for Christmas? Everybody stay healthy. Let's go 3-0 home this week. 3-0 home. Should be a lot of fun. Denver's on this four-game homestand now. Should be very good, everybody. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll Weekends with Swiper Edition. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We really appreciate all y'all. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Uh, if you don't celebrate holidays, that's perfectly fine. Enjoy the week. Enjoy this Nuggets spectacular run that we are on. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We'll talk to you guys very soon.